Craft Beer Radio, episode 317 on January 17th, 2015. Put two fingers and a thumb in the air, and welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where there's smoke on the water and fire in the sky. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bearer. Today we have two IPAs, I guess, to go up against each other. One's a dark, one's not. Two wheat wines to go up against each other. One's in a bomber and one's not. And... Scrap <laughs> some beers, man. <laughs> and a wild ale. All for your listening pleasure. So I probably want to save the wheat wines for a little bit further down the road. So let's start with this guy here. Missile IPA. So you got this at House of a Thousand Beers. This is 65 IBUs, 7% alcohol by volume. Two-row pale malt, dry hopped with Simcoe, Cascade, Summit, and more. And more. So champion is... Let's see where they are. Charlottesville, Virginia. Charlottesville, Virginia. Established in 2012. Not available for private events or rentals. <laughs> so the color is a nice kind of hazy orange. Here, is yours hazy? Mine's pretty clear. Yep. Here, let's blend a little bit. Was the lens sediment in the can? <coughs> Excuse me. There we go. Now we have equal amounts of haziness. Smell some juicy, orangey, tangerine hop bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not just all hops. There's, you can get the malt and the aroma too. Just kind of a uh, mostly bready, little bit of bread crust type aroma on it. Yeah, I picked up Alright, we're rolling in. Sorry about that. We had to pause real quick. Greg had a had to hit the cough button. We don't have <laughs> cough buttons, so we had to pause the recording. Um so the reason I picked up this beer was it was one of the, we talked about this before, but I picked up a series of beers at House of a Thousand Beers that were just Beers and breweries that I wasn't aware of, didn't know much about. And, uh, yeah, Champion Brewing Company is one of those. Um, like I said, Charlottesville, 2012. That's the extent of all I know about this brewery. Mm. Hmm. Nicely put together, pretty hot forward and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of a Hawaiian bread like sweetness. Uh, yeah, you. I th- you think you're right. You know, it's kind of a. I don't know if you're saying Hawaiian made me taste pineapple, or whether. <laughs> I I'm just thinking like sweetened bread. Yeah, but, but, but as soon as you, but as soon as you said that, I started tasting pineapple in the hops. Yeah, the hops are in that mm-hmm. um, tangerine mix between. Uh, grapefruit and those more tropical flavors, but neither leaning on neither really. Yeah. 
Um, Maybe more specifically, like roasted pineapple or pineapple upside down cake. You know, that's kind of the flavors that I'm picking out. I'm still leaning more towards tangerine-ish. I, I think that there's an essence in there that's pineapple, but I wouldn't say I'm picking that out as much. It has a, a nice sweetness, like you said, in the malt to go along with it. The the hops are uh, pretty well balanced with the malt in mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. There's a little bit of a lingering pininess and bitterness. Was that 65 IBUs, I think? Yeah. yeah. This is the um, Missile IPA. So, I mean, I think it's a it's a relatively standard IPA, but I think it's a very well put together one. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you too. The, the flavors are nothing that are new, um, but yeah, they're standard flavors. But yeah, this is a very good IPA. I like how it has a nice small balance to it. It's not just straight out bitter and hoppy. Yeah, you know, maybe you would call it more East Coast than West Coast, right? But perhaps it, it, it's got a plenty of ops in it. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to be disappointed. But it does, yeah, it does have a good balance as opposed to simply favoring the hops. But I think that lately, I don't think that West Coast thing is a, as much a concern as it used to be. I mean, both the combination of East Coast brewers brewing like West Coast brewers and West Coast Brewers having some restraint or having a larger amount of, of I'm not, I, I'm having, having a larger amount of offering, so they could have their super hot bomb, but they also can do a a decently balanced one as well. Sure, but there's still something about certain breweries. On the there's something about certain breweries, but I don't know whether you can now say that it's. I don't know. I think these are things that we like to keep up as opposed to them actually being true. Like, is is there See, an East Coast, I, I, West Coast of, of, of hip-hop anymore? Probably not, but they still like to keep up pretenses that there is one. So, you know, for a long time, I was a naysayer of, you have to be on the West Coast to make these certain kinds of IPAs. I'm not fully in on that idea all of a sudden or anything like that, but... You know, there's been times where, like, you get one of these beers made by a West Coast brewery. You're like, damn. And you try to think of, like, you know, some place, you know, the Alchemist and Hetty Topper, you know, they make one that probably stands up. And there's other places, too. But I don't know, maybe if because I, you know, of the legend, whether I fell into it or not. But I for a long time, I'm like, oh, that's BS. We can make beer over on this coast as well. Right. You know, those kinds of beers. Um but you know, time and there's times where you just have them. You're like, huh, that is something different, you know. So <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had that kind of revelation like you have. So, um, like, I certainly didn't feel that way when drinking Kitty Topper that it was that it had to be a West Coast IPA. But it's not a West Coast IPA, so it. Well, well, okay, but I mean, I didn't. What what is it then? It's made in Vermont, so. right? So, so what was your point then about Hetty Topper? I'm just I saying, had no idea it, where it was made. Right, it, it's one of the. Uh, it's an East Coast beer that is probably closest to some of those West Coast standards, right? Uh huh. It's kind of what I was saying. So I I disagree. Okay. I, I I don't think that either. Well, here you you know more about beer than I do. 
Although we've been in this game for a while, I, I don't I don't get the distinction. I honestly don't. I, I feel like it's more made up and in people's minds and it, psychological. It maybe I else. maybe I drank the Kool Aid. I I don't know. Like I said, for a long time I would I would have said what you said, right? But there's been times where I've been where it's the facts been reinforced, you know, it's like, huh. I mean all I gotta say is the plural the plural of anecdote is not data. I was expecting a pithy response. I didn't get one. Oh, well. I don't have anything pithy. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. You mean pithy like a West Coast IPA? No, no good. This is really well done. I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> Actually, me saying I'm going to ignore that means I didn't. <laughs> oh, boy. Does that mean I won? You win this round. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So you want to talk a little bit about uh, trademarks and whatnot? I do. So we didn't talk about this last week. All this stuff broke over the week, right? Yes. Yeah. At least that's where I heard about it. So as far as I know, it did. I think. I'm, I'm, my calendar's a little fuzzy, fuzzy right now. So Loganitas filed a um, trademark dispute with Sierra Nevada about Loganitas IPA's trademark being infringed yeah. by... Hop Hunters IPA, Hop Hunter IPA, and uh, the trademark was on the way that IPA was put on the label in this sort of block writing, and it was about the label and the kerning, especially between the yeah. T and the A, <laughs> right? And and there is a kerning there. There's a big overlap, right? Because the A kind of slopes in underneath the mm-hmm. loop of the P, you know, which is kind of. It would have to be intentionally done that way, right? And um, you would have to adjust that in specifically different than the kerning for the I and the P, you would think. You know, from from the little bit of typesetting that I've done, messing with graphics and whatnot, yeah. you know, it's scooted in there pretty tightly. And um, they also were saying things like it, the, the label's a departure from Sierra Nevada's traditional labels. And it is. It's, it's a new design. Who knows if they're going to roll that out to the rest of their beers? Right. But if you look at Pale Ale, Keller Weiss, Torpedo, right. they all have a tradi- they all have the same design, right? Uh, Bigfoot, you know, a lot of those beers. Uh, which is it's funny because I was expecting a trademark lawsuit about Hop Hunter, but not from Lagunitas. Um, so, so it's before I get into that, it, it seemed to me that. The, the merits of this case were a bit of a stretch, but also for people not familiar with trademark law, if you don't defend your trademark, if you don't vigorously de- demand, defend your trademark, then you may lose the right to enforce your trademark. Um, so if you like don't go after people and your your product becomes Kleenex... Okay, not... where is this kerning? Because I'm not seeing it. How the A comes underneath. The A, like, draw a straight line from down... Past the P, right? See how the A overlaps that and goes underneath the P. They're they're both in the same vertical space, the bottom of the A and the the loop of the P. Oh, for God's sake! That is a that. Now I, I thought like the A was disappearing behind some letter, but no, it's just that, like you said, the kerning so that if it, you drew a rectangle so, around each letter, there's an overlap there. Yes, but that's. So so that means that somebody didn't just type it out onto a screen. Right. They adjusted it a little yes. bit. Yes. 
Lagunitas felt that was part of their trademark design. That's really a stretch. Not what's well, more of a stretch is look how different the fonts are. I mean, yeah, the fonts are very different. Anyway, you have to defend your trademark. So yes, that that, you, that is the thing about trademark law is is if you do not vigorously, I sorry to, to interrupt you. If you do not vigorously defend a trademark, then it's. It's as if you are opening that trademark up to be because other people can then say, "Well, you didn't defend it here, mm-hmm. so I can use it so too. I can and use then, it now." And they can actually yeah. win a case that way. Yeah. So you have to defend your trademarks, and it it kind of stinks, right? It's not like you can send a cease and desist letter with a little winky emoticon saying, "I sent the letter, but I'm really yeah. don't care what you do," right? It'd be nice if you could have that kind of like handshake, you know, agreement type thing. Well, you can send something along the lines of. Okay, I give you right as long as you agree that we're that you're using my trademark. I give you right to use my trademark in perpetuity, and then mm-hmm. you're fine. Right, right. But they have to agree that they're using your trademark. So back to this story, uh, Twitter went nuts, Facebook went nuts. Yeah. You know, the Twitter shaming was was to an ultimate level, and like the next day, Tony McGee, Tony, yeah, that's his name, Tony McGee, uh, said on his Twitter he was going to uh, withdraw the the trademark infringement and he uh talked about how you know there's different courts and in the court that mattered the most he was proven that it was the wrong the wrong thing to do and all that stuff right uh but back to hop hunter ipa from sierra nevada when i first saw this beer come out i made a pithy tweet about um and the trademark in, or the cease and desist letter comes out in three two dot 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 because for me i feel that Hop Hunter IPA from Sierra Nevada and Head Hunter IPA from Fatheads actually is a merit, meritous case, right? I don't know if that's true either. There, I, I mean, think of all the other, like, so my company. But all the beer, other words in the English language. <laughs> I don't know if I can say, I can't say that on the air. No. I was, was going to talk about trademark case. Don't, don't, but, don't talk about your own yeah. company. But, uh, look, I, I mean, like, I, I I understand you having to defend your trademark. However, there is precedent for people being annoyed with Tony McGee that I didn't know until I looked at this stuff just a couple hours ago. He had a he he also filed a trademark against a company called uh, Sweet. No, it was Sweetwater? the other, other way around. Sweetwater sent the trademark to him. They have a four twenty IPA. Okay, uh, Lagunitas had 420 in their witty banter on their labels, you know, because Lagunitas like smoking weed. And um, so it was the other way. Sweetwater told them oh. to stop putting the 420s on their labels. Okay. Um, all right, so... But there was another one. Um, I misunderstood that one. Lagun- well, and, I mean, Lagunitas had a well, beer well, called Nine... And Magic Hat gave them a cease and desist because it was too close to number nine, so Lagunitas changed the name to ten. Um, so I mean, they've been on the receiving side a couple right. times. So, but, but I, so you can, so then you can say, well, this is somebody who's on the receiving side of dumb cease and desist. Why would he put out one? Because the trademark law makes you have to do that. I, I think, in I, I mean, mean, I mean, it makes you have to do that, but it, I mean. It makes you have to do that for very obvious cases. Yeah, this one. This was not a, a very it's a obvious little bit of a case. stretch, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if someone was calling themselves Lagunitas, 
then it's a very with obvious a Z, case. With a Z. Right. With a, no. <laughs> yeah, but it was, or calling and making beer, then you have to pursue it. Even if it's just some, you know, some some dipshit in his garage selling it online, you have to pursue that. But if 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 it's if it's something as as small as the way kerning is on a couple of letters, yeah, that that's a a really big stretch. There's also an issue with Sam Adams too. Oh, he's just pissed at Sam Adams because he feels that Rebel IPA was made solely to compete with Lagunitas IPA. Yeah, so this guy is a little. Little out there. I mean, Lagunitas doesn't own the market on IPAs. Far from it. It's a, it's a popular IPA to be sure, but it's not the only one out there. All right. The next beer of the night is one that Founder sent us. This is the Founder's Dark Penance. It's an Imperial Black India Pale Ale. No, Founders did not send this to us. No, you bought one, and they sent. Oh, us okay. One. Then I'm wrong. I apologize. Founders did send this to us. Uh, yes, right. I bought one, and then uh, and then it came. Yes. Another one came from there. That's right. This one was bottle on nine eleven. You can review the one that you bought. I'll review the one they sent. Ah, <laughs> this is probably a new or a fresher one, so we went with this one. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's a black IPA. Pours a very dark brown. You can see some lights through it, highlights through it, but you can't really see your finger on the other side of the glass. Crystal malt, midnight wheat malt, and a hand-selected Chinook and Centennial hot blend. 8.9% alcohol volume, 100 IBUs. So on the aroma, you can smell some little bit of like toasty toffee. Then you also get some hoppiness. And the hoppiness, I was thinking was smelling a little bit, um, it, it was a mix. It wasn't quite piney. It was a little bit more. Um, the way Dark Penis is available October through December. I guess we're a little late on that boat, huh? A little late, yeah. Okay, so the hop front aromas are coming through. I'm getting a little bit of orange. I'm getting a little bit of. Yeah, there, there's a there's a bergamot thing, right? There's a little bit of an mm-hmm. orange yeah, peel. Yeah, yeah. That's a good call, actually. The bergamot. We uh, pulled these out before the pre-show. It's been a little bit of time, so we're actually drinking this one at 56 degrees. Yeah, they felt a little cold. I think 56 is a good temperature for this one. So when you take the sip, one of the first things you do notice is kind of that toffee, toasty, a little bit of biscuit. Hmm. And then I really, that first sip, I really noticed the hop bitterness more than I noticed any kind of hop flavor. We'll see if I get a little bit calibrated after a sip or two, but the roasty part, the toasty part, kind of dominated that very first sip. It's interesting. This one... 100 IBUs, to me, feels less bitter than the Champion. Hmm. It feels like it's even more well-balanced. I think some of that is the wheat coming through and, and helping to... <laughs> it's It feels like, to me, whatever the malt blend is really helping to, uh, to stave off the 
unending bitterness from this. So it doesn't it doesn't finish as bitter as the champion did. I disagree. Okay, I, I think this one's uh, it, at the end and the late aftertaste. I'm getting two things. I'm getting hop bitterness, but I'm getting a little bit of astringency from the darker malts too. So there's a pretty astringent bitter aftertaste left in my mouth. Hmm. Weirdly, I'm not tasting it. As I take a, you know, on my on my third sip now, the hop flavors are coming through a little bit more. It's a, it's a, it's a it's because it's melded in with those toasty toffee flavors. It's a, it's a little bit different. I'm trying to describe it. It's a orange flesh, uh, and then a little bit of orange later on in the flavor. It goes, it goes out to the orange peel. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost like if, almost like it's, it almost tastes like it's dusted in cocoa or something like that as well. Yeah, no, I I can see all that. A little bit of grapefruit in there too, and a lot of the oils, a lot of the mm-hmm. flavor of those essential oils are in there. A little kind of piney as well mm-hmm. that's probably chinook yeah I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering kind of wondering how much of the pine i'm adding to what i think i'm tasting because you told me chinook already mm-hmm. right um excuse me this is um you know, I, you know i've said this before you know for me it seems like brewers took a little bit of time to figure out how to make black ipas and this is one that I find quite drinkable and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're finding fun things to talk about and, and exploring this beer. So I think this is a well done, excuse me, black IPA. I'm starting to get more of the, the aftertaste now. For some reason, it wasn't coming through at first. Uh, Sorry to see where you're coming from in, in the bitterness at last. But it, it, it lasts with a twist. It has a, the malty twist that um, it, it, it's kind of funny. I almost wish that. You know, this this would be a standard East Coast IPA without having to blacken it, right? That has enough malt in it, although without without the toasty flavors, but it has enough malt mm-hmm. in it to really, you know, to, to to push an extra bit of well, maybe that's just part and parcel of the melanoidins, though, too. I don't know; it, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a nice malty, very rich feeling. You know, it's, it's got a without being especially viscous, viscous, it still feels rich on the palate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that I'm near the end of my six-ounce sample, I'm tasting a lot more of the hops and a lot less of the roast, right? Because I'm getting acclimated to mm-hmm. all the toasty toffee flavors that they're kind of not noticed. And what I am noticing is a lot brighter hop flavor now. So kind of as you go through this beer, you kind of kind of have to have this acclimation period where you'll notice one thing most up front and then they'll switch to the other thing. So it gives you a little bit of progression as well. This is pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if all black IPAs had similar kind of complexity and interesting stuff to them, then then we wouldn't have uh, well, had fi- the kind of <coughs> we're finding more and more, right? Yeah, so... we, we wouldn't have had the kind of initial bias we had yeah. against them. 
But I say initial bias because, like you said, they're these days they're better. So, before we get on to the next ones, let's talk about. What do you want to talk about, Greg? Whoa, oh, that's hot. <laughs> well, I want to talk about two things. One, supporting our show. Now, look, we know there are lots of shows out there that do commercials and stuff. But keep in mind that we're not doing a commercial. We're not trying to sell you a product. We You're are, already, we're not selling you stamps. We're already, or audiobooks. Yeah, or even t-shirts with our logos on or anything like that. We're not doing anything like that. I guess we, at one point, made the past, we may have tried, but... At this point, all we're saying is, look, you're going to buy stuff on Amazon anyway. Go Just to- take the moment to go through our referral link. And the easiest way we set up for yeah. you to use our referral link is to type in craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And it bounces you right through to Amazon. Anything you buy in that shopping session will be attributed to us generating the sales for Amazon. And they give us a cut. And they cost you nothing more. And it's a great way. And you, everyone who's listening knows this, right? Yeah. The reason we do it every show is to reinforce your behavior. To, to And if you haven't remembered to use the link, you know... Uh, I don't know. Just trying to remember <laughs> to use the link, you know? I would also say we do a thing on the post show that's uh, Amazon Anonymous. Uh, so we don't know who's buying the stuff. We do know if somebody bought something. We usually highlight something that's interesting. But here's something that uh, I would also want to point out. You hear at the, po- the pre and post shows sometimes. Maybe you don't know what that is. Maybe you're new. You don't know what this pre and post show is. Why should I listen to it? The best thing I can say is that the main show is our opinions about beer right yes um, we strive to keep the topic yeah. laser focused on the show we don't go down very many rat holes on uh, side topics like other shows tend to do or can the, do the pre and post shows our are our, our opinions on everything else they are us unfiltered completely if you want to know who if you want to know what we think about beer, listen to the main show. If you want to know who we are in gross detail, if you want to know me better than my wife, yeah, listen to all nine years of the ex- <laughs> pre-show and post-shows. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. So we did our IPA head-to-head, even though they're very different beers. It's not really much of a head-to-head. Oh, they're yeah, that's true. Now we have two wheat wines, you know, and this is a style that is much more rare. So uh-huh. it's kind of nice being able to have two because you have one. I mean, I have a general feel of wheat wine tastes like, but it's probably been a year since I've had a wheat wine, right? Or more. Uh, so now we get to try two side by side, compare them with fresh memories. So that's kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Do you have a preference on which one you want to try first? Uh, let's do the Boulevard first. Okay. okay. This is Boulevard's. Harvest Dance, Wheat Wine Style Ale. This, this is, was... Which one they brought up. They brought, yeah. So, oh no, nobody cares about the color. <laughs> <laughs> what is the color? Please tell me. It's I an care EBC now. as opposed to SBC, and it's 23. 23 EBCs. <clears throat> 42 IBUs, 9.5% alcohol by volume. The malts to be used are a pale malt malted wheat unmalted wheat 
Kara 120, Amber 50, and Flaked Oats. The hops that we used are Citra and Pearl or Perlay. Perlay. Yeah, so if you listened to our marathon um, New Year's Eve show, I had a friend of mine from high school, best man at my wedding, Dave Vodrick, sit in, and uh, he brought me, or brought us, a uh, hefty haul of beers from uh, Kansas City area, and a couple from Indiana, Indianapolis, and uh, yeah, it's wonderful. I, if you could look at my yeah, well, I, I was I was walking down when uh, for that show and I saw the Boulevard Series. Like, oh, they must have sent us something. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and I said, like, that's quite a shipment. <laughs> that was Dave. Actually, if you look at my Twitter back a, probably a week or two now, I did a panorama shot down the bar of all the beers that Dave sent. It, it was literally it was literally the length of my bar, and uh, it's a pretty cool photo. I'll retweet it uh, so it's closer in the timeline just for people who might want to see that picture uh, let me take a note down here mm. also we're going to talk about Nick Cage in the post show uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> alright so this one pour it's, it's in a uh, 750 milliliter cork bottle you probably heard the cork park pop back uh, when Greg was talking it poured with a very full head um, and when you smell it, you get a lot of that Belgian-y carbonation type. So I'm getting a combination of what smells to me like a very highly carbonated beer and almost like Belgian candy sugars, like not knowing what the beer is. Like if I'm just smelling it, it smells kind of triple It's sweet. It's kind of fizzy. Um, and then if I dig in a little bit more, then I smell a little bit more of that lemony, tangy uh, aroma from, from a from the wheat one thing I was noticing and I checked the the uh, stuff the mm-hmm. information to to make sure it was there is that uh, so first of all this has Hillertau is also hopped with they didn't put that in their list of stuff but it's in their description they did it's also aged on French and American oak so because I noticed, oh, was okay. noticing a lot okay. of uh, oak character coming out and I was wondering if that was there or not and it most certainly is at least on the aroma. This is part of their Smokestack series, and this one is best by June 2015. We made it. <clears throat> Store upright and serve in a proper glass. Hopefully this is what they consider proper glassware. All right, so... Did you, I don't know if you mentioned the color. Color is kind of a golden. It's a little bit more orange than golden. I did. I said it was twenty three EBC. People should oh. know what that means. Yes. <laughs> me no. with my me with my subjective yes. descriptors. No, you're right. It's a yeah golden, um, tinging yellowish golden. Mm-hmm. Pretty clear. Yours yours is clear too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a big bottle. We only poured it off the top, so we didn't get any sediment. Very clear. As I smell it, you get a lot of that zing from the CO2, and I'm like I said, at first it smelled like a triple, very kind of almost like a, something like a candy sugar in there, but now I'm smelling more of a lemongrass, lemony type aroma. Hmm. A little bit of pancake in the aroma. 
Good call. Wow. Pretty sweet on the flavor. Banana-y. The flavors are a lot of banana flavors. Banana-y. Banana. Banana-y e. is, is the name of my banana uh, character. Okay. <laughs> is it talking banana named Banana-y? Gotcha. Is this for your D&D? No, D&D? no. It, when I was... Actually, it, it, it all comes from a South Park episode where oh. they had uh, the critters... And all the critters' names were like the raccoon was raccoony, and the <laughs> the chickadee was chickadee. Okay. This is the harvest dance from Boulevard. It's a wheat wine. I can definitely taste the oak still on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting to it after a couple of sips. A little bit of. It's interesting. I like the sweet. There's a little bit of of what feels like a kind of lemon character there too. Just a bit. There's some uh, kind of peach. Then maybe sort of the way the vanilla is playing with it, the vanilla. Um, no, I, I get your peach. It's almost like a, how a peach tasted peach ice cream. Right. Right. Like, not like a fresh peach at all, but like how peach ice cream would mm-hmm. taste. the oil from a peach mm-hmm. hmm. uh, this is not what I was ex- not what I was expecting from a wheat wine that's for sure why not um, I was expecting I, mean, I meant that in a good way I meant there's a lot of other things going on so let me think what I was expecting in a wheat wine was something uh, bordering on boozy um very um chewy uh i wasn't expecting a lot of this nuance well i didn't know it was oak age until mm. you told me right um i wasn't expecting something so lemony peachy pancakey you know it's just it uh mm-hmm. it, it's really it's a fascinating beer it's not what i was expecting when i opened the bottle to be honest i it's been a while since i had a wheat wine i mm-hmm. really didn't remember what to expect uh maybe i should have looked it up but Ah, you know, jump in with with, with both feet, right? Mm-hmm. I guess the closest thing I was expecting was something along the lines of a barley wine, sweet. Because yeah. I don't a lot taste of the in banana there. in the flavor anymore. That was a calibration thing, but now I think there's a lot more. That last sip didn't taste like peach ice cream, but more the peach from peach ice cream. It tasted more like peach. You know, it was getting a little more acidic now, or something. I'm getting a little more tang off of it. I think the banana is still there, but it, it yeah, it, it's definitely less mm-hmm. pronounced as some of the other flavors take over. And they're not, that's almost an apple coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a tang and acidic from like an apple. That's fascinating. Really fascinating. Harvest Dance, Sweet Wine from Boulevard. Sorry for the dead air. I'm done waiting for Greg. He's taking notes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm taking notes about something that I want to talk about in the in the post show, but it it, it was more than a one word thing. 
Well, if you're gonna be a while, I'm gonna pour a little bit more out of that bottle. <laughs> go, go for it. Yeah. See if you can get a little. He's he's writing a thesis about what everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the one I'm, the one that. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're so on topic in the main show, talking about what we're going to do, teasing what we're going to do in the post show. This is I, really, just, this I is... just poured more, and you just chugged yours. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is really just a. <laughs> This show sure. is just a pre-post show. We should point that out. You know, Greg, half of what I poured. Yeah, I pour a little bit more, you know, so I can have something to drink while Greg is finishing his. And as soon as I put the stopper back on the bottle, he downs. I registered beer. that you were pouring some in some part of my brain, mm. but then you thought I was pouring the next beer. No, I, I oh. registered. I, I knew a part of my brain knew it, but the the other part of my brain was just, all right. Finish this. Down it and get ready for the next beer. <laughs> So the part, you know, that's the part that that takes over when you're driving home and you're not thinking. Mm-hmm. The the part that just, you know, we've done 317 of these. It's automatic. Right, right. <laughs> that took over. Mm. A bigger sip like that. Um, it, it's actually weirdly a little bit less cohesive. Yeah, yeah. It, I I drank my. Secondary sample faster since you know we're moving on, we're trying to move the show along, and uh, yeah, I didn't get anything nearly as interesting yeah. as when I was we were doing it the first time around. So take your time with that beer. Wheat Wine Part Two, um, New Holland sent us Pilgrim's Dole Wheat Wine Ale. Oh, this is Eastern Bourbon Barrels, too. Look at that! What a serendipity. So, for information that you don't need, this is 25 degrees Play-Doh. 12% alcohol by volume, 50 IBUs. Hops that are used are U.S. Golding and Nuggets. Grains, two-row wheat, spelt aromatic. American Ale Yeast. First brewed in 2004. So, this one's a lot darker in the color. The other one was uh, kind of a light golden orangey. This one's a tea color, a deep mahogany. Very clear. It's a pretty color, actually. Hold up to the light. Yeah, look at that. It's a ruby ish almost, yeah. like a dark ruby. Yeah, and then the aroma on this one, it, it is the more... See, this is <clears throat> what I was expecting from the first one, where I was expecting a more saturated aroma, a little bit of booziness, you know, and, and the first sniff off of this one is barley wine-like, you know, it, it's saturated, it's boozy. Hmm. There's something good there, but I'm... Well, it, that's the thing. I'm smelling it. It smells good, but, like, what words are those? Having trouble, dis- yeah, disentangling the words from everything else. Oh, this takes me back to having... It's a little bit of, like, a syrup note, like a maple syrup note. Yeah, yeah, I think maple syrup's a good way to... Call it. I don't know, I smell this, and it's one of those aromas that just takes me back to a happy place. It takes me back... To when I was out in Philly Beer Week, jeez, uh, probably back in like 2008 or so, I was at Monk's Pub and had some JW Lees, 
you know, old ale, and uh, yeah, very, very much an aroma like this, and like, oh, that was good. Okay, yeah. so there's. Yeah. I'm starting to get the bourbon coming through too. I didn't mention it. New Holland sent us this beer. I think he did. But regardless. Oh, this, I could just smell this for a very long time. I wish I could describe it for a very long time. With many words and stuff. They say something on here that it gives me an idea. They say figs, and I think figs are... Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Cotton, how about how about cotton candy? It's got a deeper, darker sweetness to okay. it than cotton candy. But it does taste like I'm pretty sure the cotton candy is made with corn sugar, and it does have that aroma of corn sugar that comes from bourbon. Oh, you're saying how uh, they use the Oh, it's not corn sugar. It's well, oh, it's, I guess it is. It's fermented and whatnot, but mm-hmm. yeah, the flavor is a little bit thinner in the body than the aroma had led me to believe, but it's not watery or anything like no. that. Just a little bit thinner than the aroma. The aroma felt so stout, and so not not stout as in stout beer, but stout as in just thick, you know. And um, and so the mouthfeel is actually a step up from that, not a bad thing. And then it carries through a lot of of um, caramel flavors. The caramels, just, the caramel just goes on for miles. Yeah, like it's still developing in my mouth. It, it's a really mm. so it doesn't taste like bourbon barrel doesn't necessarily i'm not tasting oak in it i i thought i smelled some of that but i'm not tasting it i'm tasting this like really complex rich caramel with a touch of toffee here and there um the things i'm not getting in this one that i got out of the harvest is those lemony flavors Mm -hmm. those um banana belgiany type characters uh you know so they're very different beers this one is more um barley wine like if you had to put them in like heritages this one is more in the barley wine heritage and the the boulevard is more in a belgian beer heritage or at least a wheat beer heritage but yeah more towards a hefeweizen type beer. it has it has a certain abbey character to it the high carbonation and the bananas and stuff for me it had a certain like it almost makes me think they might have used the belgian yeast for that possibly I'm getting with you the caramel, but I kind of disagree with some of the other things you said. Okay. Disagree away. And I was trying to remember exactly what you said, because what, what was it that I disagreed with? Let's go to the replay. Um, I was talking about how... Oh, yeah. You said you didn't taste the oakiness. I do taste the oakiness. I, I do taste a barrel age. I taste a little bit of a bourbon burn. Um, I smell it. I don't taste it, though. Hmm. Well, so some days we are matching in terms of our right. perceptions. Today is one of those days where we're skew. It's more fun when we're... Oh, let's fight about it. 
<laughs> I mean, it's nice to reaffirm your opinions with your partner, but uh, let's just fight about it. No, I, I agree. It's, it's it's good when we have uh, different things to report because I think that that gives us something else to explore. Mm-hmm. Why are we tasting different things? What could be the reason? I just got a sniff of... I lost it. Yeah, I, I swirled the... I tilted it and turned the glass like we do and uh, took a sniff and I got like the exact aroma of some food stuff. <laughs> but my brain couldn't connect the dots before the aroma had gone away and now it's like I'm stuck in this weird limbo of not being able to figure it out. Um, it's a little disingenuous to me to say this four beers in, <laughs> but this is a 12 percenter that I can feel. I can sort of feel it creeping off of me. But then okay. again, four beers in. So. See, so the beer that I felt the booze in, and, and that was the Dark Penance, the 8.9%, mm-hmm. right? That's the one where I'm drinking it, and, and I could feel kind of like the, the main line, like, tapped and, like, getting right in there, you know? <laughs> um, so maybe I'm maybe I'm a little numb to, to it at this point. 12%, eh? 12%, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> We saw one to go. Yeah, so this is, you know, I am, this beer is. Only 9.2 after this. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, this beer is is one you sit down, like we're drinking them in snifters here. We're taking our time. This one has rich flavors. Yeah. It is that cigar by the fire type beer, you know. I'm not a cigar smoker, but, you know, I know when I have a cigar by the fire type beer. Mm-hmm. And this is one you just kind of want to just, you want to experience. You want to sit back and live with. Uh, I mean, you know, we've had many other good beers tonight, but none of them are kind of the, all right, let's slow down. Let's take our time. Let's not hurry this beer. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that makes it better than everything else. It's just... It's driving a different experience for me. Yes. Uh, but I think part of that is the alcohol. In, in a sense, the alcohol burn that's there tells you to take it slower. Mm-hmm. So what, whether that whether you're... Whether you are consciously knowing that or not, your brain knows it. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I think it's like the, the toffee and the melanoidins that are saying like, dude, this is good, just little bit at a time enjoy it because it really sits on your tongue and i took a sip 30 seconds ago and you know i'm still tasting it Mm -hmm. and it's still it's slowly creeping back my tongue and giving me different flavors this one is yeah this one is the one like you just want to chill out with for a while yeah but like we said the harvest dance was better when we also chilled out with it and took smaller sips the harvest dance yes i mean I, I don't mean, like I said, I don't want this to sound like this is the best beer by far. Yeah. I, I don't know where it's going to rank yet. I don't know either. But it's a, for me, it's it's a different experience. It's a different, like I said, it's it's kind of time to relax. I think that there's a, like you said, there's a psychological component to the flavors in this mm-hmm. that are telling you sit by the fire and sip. Yeah. Whether it's just the alcohol or whether it's the alcohol and the all the other the 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 deep flavors and stuff, but you get that same thing with with some 
darker stouts and some old ales, but it doesn't necessarily tell you. Well, old ales do kind of. Okay, I don't really have a good point here. I'm going <laughs> to okay. abandon that one. It's okay. It uh, it does have kind of an old ale type feel, like drinking experience yeah. to it. Is there any other beer news we want to bring up? Because I don't want to rush this beer. This is too good to rush. Well, let's see what the Reddit craft beer thing has to say. There's a so I, I got something we can talk about just real briefly. Um, Jay Brooks on Brookson's Beer Bulletin. He uh, he started he, he the BBB the BBB exactly the JBBBB not just the BBB uh, J Brooks. Well, yeah, that's a Brookston. That J isn't in the title oh, okay. of his blog, right? right. Just the Brooks and Beer Bulletin. What's his and name? J. J. Brooks. So J. Brooks Brooks and Beer Bulletin. J. B. 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 If you want to be specific, I do. It. Okay. Um, so he posts series of things like he was doing. Um, he still is like old beer ads. Like daily, he would do a couple beer ads a day. One thing he just started doing is beer patents, like different like production patents and things like that. So the, I mentioned it because it's fascinating. Like, um, I just dropped my phone and I lost what I was looking at. Um, okay, how about Santan? How just, about Santan? All this stuff is red. <laughs> how about the Santan Brewing? I, I showed you this before. This is in the craft beer craft beer Reddit section. I don't know what they call it. Uh, Santan Brewery has a motto, craft beer for beer drinking. And people are commenting on that saying, well, what else are you going to use it for? <laughs> so, I mean, but these patents, right? They're the initial patent listing. So it has the illustrations. Like this is a 1956 patent for beer dispensing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, but there's a lot of different ones. He did one earlier today about um, concentrating hop oils and things like that. It's, it's, I find it interesting. I thought you would find it interesting reviewing really. patents, no technical stuff. All right, Greg don't like. It's just not. My, it's not interesting to me. That doesn't mean that other people won't find it interesting. Just <clears throat> being honest. All right. And alcohol. It's influence. more interesting than Santan slugging. That's for sure. Well, it or, also or, took or being snarky about Santan slugging. It took a lot less time for me to be snarky about Santan than it did to pull for you to pull up that information and tell us about it. <laughs> Greg uh, enunciated the uh, the uh, gesture I was making. Yes. Mm, this pilgrim's dole is yummy. It's it's yummy. It's a little. Hmm. It's a little. What's the word I'm looking for? Strong. No. Um, overwhelming, saturated. No, really? it's it's it kind of feels like a hot chocolate of a beer. Okay, what do you mean by that? I'm not entirely sure. I know what I mean by that, but it's something along the lines of it feels like a kind of aperitif. It feels like something after the meal. Or dessert. Right. Probably an aperitif. You can reason that wrong, probably. 
Using a lot of things wrong today. Okay. It's, it's been a it's been a day. It's been a day. I mean, actually, the the night the twelve percent started hitting me. I just had my first little slur a moment ago, <laughs> and uh, I got about an ounce left, and I'm wondering whether I should just pass on that ounce, <laughs> or maybe save it for the post show. I say go for it. Let's go do it. Go for it. Let's do it. Cheers. Yeah, it it feels a little port wine. It feels a little mm-hmm. dessertish to me, and that's okay. Right. Um but I kind of wish we were doing it last as opposed to not last. All right. So, but it's not well, last. This, this one has nine percent, so it shouldn't be a lightweight. Um, Avery sent us the Spontanea Barrel Aged Wild Ale. It's bottled on December fourth. Nine point two percent. There's 123 production cases of it. It is an ale brewed with Cabernet Sauvignon grape, grape must, and aged in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. They. Used only the yeast that was on the grapes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a red beer. Reddish. Not bright red like Frambo's or like Lindemann's or anything, but yeah. definitely has a red tint to it. Uh, the yeast that was on the grapes should be Saccharomyces cerevisiae. It should be the same, mm-hmm. but uh, it also uh, will have other wild characteristics mm-hmm. to it. So, I mean, the beer that this is, set from the description, great must, all that stuff, you know, uh, Dogfish is 61, right, is is that kind of beer, uses the great must, has a... So another superpower you have, we should mention, your ability to remember how these other beers that you tasted a while ago taste. Hey, I, I I'm used, just, I'm admiring I, I, it. I, I used, I'm just admiring it. I used to remember, be able to, man. I used to be able to remember, like, every beer, like, that I've had, you know. And over the last, like, probably three years, you know, there, things are falling through the cracks now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you thought Jeff only had one superpower, he has two. They're both beer-related, <laughs> but they are ex- they're both extra special and significant. I like to think and I'm I a good IT admin as well, but, you know. That's just one I don't have much experience with. You're a good parent, but <laughs> so are lots of people. Not a lot of people have your beer powers. Yeah, so the aroma is not Dogfish 61, right? This one is a lot more funky in the aroma, a lot more tangy. To say the least. There's definitely a barnyard character Yeah, so in you there. smell the grapes, but then you also smell something that's a little bit... It's not Flandersy. It's not like straight up lactic. It's not like a goose like type lambic. It's it's dusty barn door. I mean, there's definitely there's that. It it would be too far for me to call it manure because it's not. But it's an aroma that you find around well 
maintained farms that also have <laughs> manure way off the side. But they also they have a lot of stuff going on, right? And so because of that, there's this... Yeah, so I just took a snip. The woody, snip. dusty aroma. I was, I was, yeah, woody, dusty. I just had a sniff that kind of clarified for me, which I could see. And it's... Uh, I had it, and then as I was talking, it fell away. I was That's going, the worst time to happen. Yes, I was going to say, what was I going to say? Come back to me. Come back to me. Oh, so I'll keep talking about manure if that will help. No, that, that won't help. Kind of, yeah, so there's a, the grape flavors are in there. There's a little tangy grape, and then it goes a little. And this is the thing that I've smelled around a farm. You know, I'm an not, active okay, farm. I'm not that far. I've, I'm not smelling like dirty goats and poop and things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to express that it's not a gross smell. It's a it's a life smell. It's a smell that, that comes with things that are alive doing what they do. And it comes with all the grain and stuff that's in a farm, too, and all that, all that stuff that's going on. And all the various things that are growing on all the stuff. Including various sites of yeast. So I think we did this right in flight having it last. I think this might have been a little off place having it Ooh, earlier. Whoa. The um the flavor leans back towards Flanders a little bit more, but it's not quite as tangy. There's a little bit more of the grapiness in there. This has this has a lot of Merlot character to it. Uh-huh. Uh, or even close to Malbec. It has a lot of, of wine character, but I'm, I'm I'm thinking like a sweeter wine with a bit of a punch. So either Merlot or Malbec in that area. It's not quite Cabernet. It's not like mm-hmm. on that level. But there's, there's definitely a, a considerable wine character. Having the grape must and using the grape yeast with it is presenting that as well. It's got... Some tang, not a huge amount of tang, right? I mean, it's not, we're not talking about a hooser or something like that. We're talking mm-hmm. something relatively medium on the wild perspective. So, I mean, you just said it wasn't Cabernet. You know, the label says it is Cabernet, technically, right? The, the, the last I'm not sip, tasting Cabernet. The last sip I just took, I, I really tasted a, a, just a little snapshot before it got tangy. Of this this dry cab, you know the, the kind of the you know I'm not a huge wine guy, but there is a wine that I like, and it's a dry cabernet, and I, I got a taste of that in this thing. That second sip was all cabernet and okay. all tang, okay. so it it changed, right. it changed drastically between the two sips. That's really interesting. Yeah, since I you know since the only wine I know that I really like is a dry cab. This is kind of the beer that was the wine beer that was made for me, you know. It's pretty good. The tang is coming out a lot stronger now. Mm-hmm. It's more acidic. Still a bit too sweet to to be like a real dry cab, but mm-hmm. yeah. There's a dryness in the portion of the of yeah. the experience of the of the sip. That's pretty tasty. 
We had some good beers tonight. Yes, we did. Hmm. A, a lot of very sour. I'm tasting a little bit of sort of like blood orange with additional sourness. A little bit of really sour tomato as well. Okay. Sourness for me is not... It's it's interesting because it's hard for me to really pick it out individually. It's blending in so tightly with the wine flavors, the cab flavors. It did at first for me when I was tasting Merlot. It blended really well. And now it it feels separate to me. See, for me, it's still blending in really tight. And I'm getting a... Maybe a touch of sweet tart, but like, was it, this was sent by them? Yeah, yeah. Well, it must have been sent uh, relatively. Yeah, yeah, relatively shortly. Yeah, December fourth when this is bottled. So, hmm. Greg is looking down the bottle. He wants to save some of that. Greg uh, is to make his own beer, maybe. <laughs> Do you taste the barrel? Well, so it's not a bourbon barrel, right? It's right. a used wine barrel. Right. So you figure most of the oakiness is out of it mm-hmm. already. Uh, but I also taste, I generally don't taste a whole lot of oakiness on wines. I taste that more coming out in beers. But this is such a wine-like beer mm-hmm. that it's it's probably right. overriding a lot of those flavors. You want to get on to some ranking? I'm sure we're running long tonight. Yeah, we're at an hour right now. So. Okay. Okay. I don't know how to rank this it, show. <laughs> I have no idea. It's tough. Um, it's real tough. I'm just going to talk about the beers and maybe add a ranking to it because in part of me says, you know, it's like practically the order that we drank them, but then part of me says it's not, it's nitpicky either way because they're all good beers. Mm-hmm. There was no slouches. I would have to say that I probably enjoyed the wheat wines in the in the spontaneous beer over the two IPA beers. I'd have to say. Yeah, but the IPAs were really well yeah, but done they, IPAs. But they were good, but I think I enjoyed okay. these bigger beers over the IPAs. Um, okay, so if I was trying to pick a winner of Missile from uh, Champion Brewing or Dark Penance from Founders, we enjoyed the Missile because it was just a, a well-integrated IPA. Mm-hmm. But we, we had a little bit of a hard time... It didn't make for great show material. There was nothing right? special about it. It was just a well-done IPA. Yeah. And then the founders, we, we had a lot to talk about. It was a little more bitter, though. Um, but that was a well-done black IPA. I'm going to give the missile by a hair. Okay. Um, I think they're both really good. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed uh, that hoppy beer with a good malt backbone to it. I'm going to give the missile by a hair on that one. And then, man, the next next three are, are tough. Toughity tough. It's a virtual tie. Um, I liked 
the harvest dance because it was it it, it shattered my opinion of what a, a wheat wine is right it had things it had a definite belgian character to it it had belgian carbonation it may have used a belgian yeast i don't i haven't read that i'm speculating that it had that banana flavor it was a lighter colored it had a bunch of lemony flavors to it so the wheat came through in a more wheaty way than wheat wines typically do which come through in a more barley wine way with a little bit of less breadiness to it um and then the pilgrim's dole is also delicious right barrel aged barley wine is a lot it had caramel and toffee for miles and you could taste it and just kind of sit on it and just evolve with it and then the spontanea which is this one we just drank this great must aged in cabernet cabin cabernet sauvignon barrels so good too damn uh went back to merlot again went back to merlot huh they're within hairs of each other too i'm gonna say harvest dance in third place spontanea in second place and pilgrim's dole in first place uh i said earlier i wasn't sure whether that change of pace sit down and and live with this beer for the pilgrim's dole made it the best beer of the night or not but in the end i think that is kind of a, a factor for me and i'm gonna have to put it in first place Going to pass this over to Jeff. Normally, I have it, I have an answer, but I don't have an answer yet. So he's figuring it out. Okay. Oh boy, it's hard. It's the hardest part of the job, man. Right here. Hmm. Well, okay. I'm going to put the champion in last place, only because it's only sin. <laughs> Jeff is showing me all the great must and stuff that he still has on his glass after he finished a beer I've not finished it you must have poured second right because I don't really have much in there what is that it's kind of like sugar crystals grab a little bit of that hmm. it's crystally it's like a sugar crystal it's not really like grape skin well, maybe it's just a, what what grape skin turns out maybe, turns into maybe, after. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, I'm going to put the champion in my last place only because it's the most. Uh, I hesitate to say obvious, but it it it's the it's kind of the simplest of all of these. It's the one that does that you know did exactly what it said on the can it was going to do. Did it very well, mm-hmm. but. It's all flavors that we've had before. Um, we've had well-constructed IPAs before. This is yet another one to put on the list. It's very good. These All five of these beers could be number one on you know a show where there's a stinker or two in there. This is not one of those shows. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's a hard job. Why do we make ourselves do this? So. For some reason, we, we, like, we, we like the punishment. Okay. I'm going to have to put the dart the founders next just because of, of the other stuff. Yeah, like Jeff said, the other stuff was, I don't know, on a different level. More 
more stuff that we don't get very as often and because of that quite interesting so founders is next I like Founders more than the missile because I like the Founders, you know, I, I like the balance it achieved. I like that, you know, they're doing Black IPAs right now. Again, though, it's 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 another one that's just a really well done Black IPA. Those mm-hmm. happen, yeah. right? The, people do those. Founders makes a really good IPA. They make a really good Black IPA. Good on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm hesitant to put the Avery at number one because it's cheating. Because it's soury, grapey. Yeah, I mean it, it's doing all this stuff to cheat, but it's so wonderful. I have to put it number one. All right. I I just I it it, it almost deserves a star, right? It deserves an asterisk. It's cheating. Performance enhancing yeah, ingredients. It, exactly. It's a, it's on PEDs. It's the Lance Armstrong of this competition. But it got in first place, <laughs> so we're giving it first place. Between the two wheat ills, I think I liked Harvest Dance more. And it's is not because I didn't like Pilgrim's Oh, like I said, these are all great. There was something about the lemony quality and the you know the interesting stuff I was getting in Harvest Dance that while Pilgrim's Dole was very pleasing and very much a you know sit by the fire and sip and mm-hmm. enjoy beer, right. I kind of dug what the Harvest Dance was doing. I kind of dug the Boulevard. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, dealing with this long episode of Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate you listening. I guess I should turn up the uh, outro music there. All right. Nice. (laughs) Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you'd like to contact us, the best way to contact us is on Twitter. On the Twitters. And I am at Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. If you want to contact us via email, beer at craftbeerradio.com works just as well as Twitter does, or almost as well as Twitter does. Fire in the sky! Right. <laughs> he doesn't yell, he doesn't do that at all. I know. I like my falsetto, <laughs> man. Fire in the sky! You're doing more of a ACDC thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's the only way I can sing is in falsetto. Yeah. Alright, uh. Yeah, I guess that's about it. Thank you, and uh, see you again next week. See ya.